Hello, Mama. Happy Monday. You made it through the weekend. I hope you had a wonderful, relaxing weekend. And get ready for this week because we are getting our kiddos ready for school. No, I'm not trying to rush summer. I know summer is not over yet. I'm not trying to get ahead of myself, but we do have to be prepared. We don't want to be rushing when it comes to back to school time. This week is all things getting prepared for school so we can glide on into the next school year ready to go. And today we're learning how to help our kiddos read. Corbella Guy is bringing you so much wisdom and insight. She is professionally trained teacher. Get ready. She has amazing things in store for you. Have your paper and pen ready. You're gonna want to take notes today. Hey mama, welcome to Restored Mama. Do you wish your days didn't go by in a blur because you are so busy? Ready to kill it as a homeschool mom trying to juggle home, family, and business as well? Does it feel like you're just trying to survive the day until you put your kids to bed? Do you need a time management strategy to balance it all? Hey, I'm Jen. I too was a mom that was trying to do it all but accomplishing nothing. I too felt worn out and drained and wished for freedom and balance in my life. I wanted to enjoy life and live out the calling God placed on me, but I kept telling myself life was always going to be this busy and I would never escape being that hot mess mom who lost her identity to motherhood until I found structure and time management strategies that actually work. In this podcast, you will find ways to prioritize to help you balance it all, learn habits to bring ease in your day, God-centered conversations to help you focus on what is really important and ways to enjoy motherhood so that you will be able to go to bed feeling accomplished and loving life again. Warm up that cold coffee, kick up your feet. You deserve a break. Hello, Mama. I have a special treat for you today. Normally, when I bring a guest on, it's somebody that I know personally because I am so cautious about wanting to make sure you are fed truth. But I have somebody here that I have not met personally. We're just now starting to get to know each other. But I've researched her, I've read through everything, and she is amazing. We really started to get to know each other even just today before recording, and I think she has some really great insight and knowledge to help you and your children with an area that oftentimes us moms can really struggle. She has some really great knowledge, and I just couldn't pass up the opportunity to have her share her wisdom with you. She's an expert on all things to help your child read. She has done all this research and learned on her own with an education background. So a lot of you are homeschool mamas. I'm a homeschool mom and I will take all the help that I can get. If you aren't a homeschool mom, don't tune out. It's our job to help teach our children. Even if they do go out of the house to school, we have to help them with their homework and we need to support what the teachers are doing in the classroom. So we need to be able to have the tools as well. Even if we aren't homeschooling, we have to help them. She has all this knowledge and she's going to bring it to you today. So I'm so excited. She is going to bring all amazing insights and wisdom. So get a notebook and pen and here we go. Thank you so much for joining us. Tell us who you are and a little bit about you, how this is your passion and what you do. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here with you today. My name is Korbala Guy Kwewogi. I am an early childhood expert enthusiast, mostly. (laughs) Um, My background is in early childhood education. And I got into this because, well, let me tell you a little story. I was in undergrad at University of Kansas, Rock Chalk Jayhawk. Sorry, any uh, (laughs) Mizzou fans out there. But um, I was at KU and I told my family I was going to be a pre-med student, right? And my father looked at me and said, sweetheart, 
I know you just see what's out there and just, you know, stay open. And I was like, no, dad, I got it. I've done all this work in high school pre-med. And my mother, who is a pediatric nurse, told me if you're going to work with kids, because I wanted to be a pediatrician, go ahead and take some uh, child development courses. I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I'll do that. And I took a course and they made us go in to the preschool that was on campus. And I walked in and thought, oh, my goodness, I'm going to be a preschool teacher. (laughs) This is where I am now. And that was it. It was such a clarity that this is where I belong. This is who I'm supposed to be working with for the rest of my life. And that's what's happened. I've just been working with children, with families since then. And here I am now. Um, and I've done that from Kansas to Maryland to working abroad for years and years. And that, that's my little background. <laughs> that's awesome. I love how you just knew the moment you walked in the classroom and to be able to be a preschool teacher, that has to be a calling because preschool students are not always the easiest to work with and teach. And you have to have some major patience to be able to do that. So good job. They are the best. They are so easy to understand to me. (laughs) Their logic is beautiful, beautifully flawed. And I I love it. I love that. I, I under I can see how you got there, but let me help you get to a different answer. <laughs> yeah. Well, good job. That takes a lot of patience. So yeah, says a lot about you to be able to be a preschool teacher. Oh, thank you. So let's dive in. I mm-hmm. am sure you have so much to tell us all because you just have this wealth of knowledge on reading and kids, all things learning to read. So Um, You said that there is one mistake that parents make when teaching their children how to read, and it causes a lot more stress than needed. So tell us what that mistake is and how we can fix it. The one mistake that I often see parents make is when they're ready to teach their child to read, they jump into teaching them letters and they're like, all right, the letters start with A and move through the alphabet. And that causes so much stress because what ends up happening is that the child is just learning theory. They're learning this sound, uh, this this letter here. You're telling me it's a letter. Okay, I agree with you. Fine. Um, makes this sound. Cool. What does it mean? I have no idea. <laughs> it, it, you, They're not getting a chance to actually begin to practice what they're being taught. So What I've taught children, how I taught children, what I've taught parents to do is use an approach called SATPIN and it's S-A-T-P-I-N. And it's the first six letters you would teach your child when you're ready to teach them to read because by the time they're done learning those letter sounds and blending them, they're able to read about 10 to 12 words. Whereas if yeah, if you teach them A to A to Z, by the time they learn the first six uh, letters, they can read two, <laughs> two <laughs> words. That's it. So you're getting them to move from theory to practice really quickly if you're using sat pin and then uh, um, continuing on. It's a very specific way of teaching. And it was something I wasn't exposed to when I was learning to teach. It's something I had to come across on my own. <laughs> yeah. Was- it's amazing how quickly they pick it up when you teach them that way. Very yeah. cool. Going about this whole sat pin process. Do you just, do you start with teaching him how to write the letter and what that letter sounds like? Or how do you go about teaching Satpin? 
Okay. So what you want to focus on is having children recognize the letter shape and the letter sound. Most people will try to bring in too many skills at once with young children. And that just causes a lot of confusion. (laughs) So what I focus on is, all right, I, as a teacher, I want this child to learn how to read, um, how to read and how to say this sound. So I'm very, very clear on what I want. So I'm not going to bring these other things in because it's just going to muddy the waters. So I'm going to focus on, all right, we're learning this sound. I don't say S. We're learning this sound because the sound is what they need to know to be able to read, not the letter name. We use that sound but more than we use the name. Even when they're learning to spell, they're spelling with that sound in their head. Smart. That's so (laughs) smart. Yeah. And it took, honestly, it took me years to get to this point. I was like, it's so simple. That's right. We are using the sound. Okay. I can teach the name. No problem. But my, I hyper focus on this shape is this sound. Make it super simple and clear and kids will pick up on letters and their sounds so fast. That it's is amazing. That makes it sound so much easier. It does. I remember struggling so much. Nope, that's an S. Nope. Mm-hmm. Nope. The S makes a sound. And then what the S does in the word. And it was just so confusing. But I was putting in so much more details rather than yeah. just this is the shape and this is the sound. And that makes it seem so much more simple. Yeah. And that's the thing I will say I learned in working with young children to simplify it. (laughs) If I cannot, and I always tell people, if I cannot explain it to you, like you're five, four or three, then I don't know it (laughs) because I should be able to explain it so clearly the most simple components that you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I get it. Then, then, then I've done my job. That's a really great way to know if you've done your job. (laughs) I'm going to keep reminding myself that when school starts back up again with Georgia. Yeah. Okay. There's another thing that you want to talk about. The three things that children need to read and how to teach them in 15 minutes or less. Now, as a homeschool mom, being able to do something in 15 minutes or less is huge. Because after about 15, 20 minutes, even my 10-year-old, her brain is just elsewhere. She wants to go get a snack. She wants to go play with the animals. She's like, I'm done with school. And so it's really hard to get her to sit and focus for that long. And then if I go back to when she was younger, 15 minutes is even a stretch. So to be able to teach my child something in 15 minutes or less is huge. So what are those three things and how do you do that in 15 minutes? So let me just, before I answer that, let me just say that one issue that, um, my background is in child development. Okay. Education, but child development. So I would always. Think of, all right, how old are you and how much time should you be able to pay attention to me? (laughs) And how can I cut this down to get it to you in this amount of time? So like a four-year-old, you have about four or five minutes. That's about all the attention span they have. And so it was, all right, if I need to teach you this skill, how many little five-minute segments throughout the day, or how can I embed it in a way in something that's keeping your attention? So that's how I, I approach things. So when I'm talking about the three things that children need, it's this, I call it the I can read framework, because there's three big things children need to be able to say they can read. They need to be able to hear, 
They need to be able to smush and they need to be able to comprehend. I, I like that smush one. It always gets like a smile. <laughs> and when I say here, I'm talking about this set of skills that is often overlooked and why many children struggle. And it's called phonemic awareness. It's speaking and listening skills. It has nothing to do with letters at all. And it's actually the foundational skills that children should be exposed to first. And it's often overlooked because people don't know about it. But if it's something you do with your child every single day, and I'll go through what these skills are, you'll be able to say, oh, yeah, my child can hear that and and master these skills. So it's um, your child being able to identify beginning sounds in, in words, ending sounds, middle sounds, being able to add sounds together, being able to subtract sounds and substitute sounds. Those are the skills. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with letters. So you can do this with children that are pretty young. If they can listen and follow directions and you tell them, okay, I want you to use your ears. I'm going to say a word and you tell me what sound you hear at the beginning. I say cat and they should be able to say. Most people skip this entire step and say, no, it's C. No, 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 no. We need to be able to hear that sound first before we can even match it to a letter. So that's something so, I could even do with my two-year-old because he's yes. learning to talk. So that would help him with those speaking those sounds too. Mm-hmm. And it's and that's why you want to have a lot of songs and rhymes because it naturally does these skills with them in a fun way. So they think it's a game. So this is something I was doing with my my niece. For a while, and she's three, and she would come running. I want to play my game. I said, all right, let's play the game. She doesn't know it's reading lesson time. She has no clue. I want to play the game. Let's play the game. And it's so simple. And what I love about it is that it's it doesn't require any prep. So you could be in the kitchen cooking, or you could be uh, playing a game together and doing this with them. You're teaching them reading skills, and it doesn't take long. It takes two seconds to do with them. But if you do it consistently every single day, you're building up their ability to hear beginning sounds. And then same thing with ending sounds. But the trick is you want to start with beginning sounds, then ending sounds, then middle sounds, because middle sounds are hard. So if you're with your niece, you said she's Mm -hmm. three, and Mm -hmm. you're in the kitchen and you're working on dinner and she's hanging out with you in there, do you just say, okay, we're going to play our game? I'm going to say a word. And what do you hear in the beginning? Is that the game? I would say harmony. harmony. Can you hand me the spoon? Hey, what do you hear at the end of spoon? So you make it natural. So it doesn't have to be contrived. And that's why you can do things in a short amount of time if it's in an authentic setting with them. So if we're sitting and talking at dinner, I'll bring it up. It's just, it's something I have to be aware of. Did I do any hearing activities with her today? That's so, easy. Cause especially yeah. for the moms listening, cause every mom here is busy. Like that's why they're here. They, they can't manage mm-hmm. everything. So being able to do things to teach your kids, oftentimes we can just kind of work it up in our heads. Like, Oh, we need an hour to be able to sit down with our kids and teach them all this stuff. So that's huge that we can just do it while we're doing other natural things throughout our day. I really like that. And that's um, that a lot of that came from my background in teaching because early childhood, kindergarten, preschool, our job is to mimic home. (laughs) 
work to mimic foam, how it feels. Um, so they feel comfortable and allow them a good setting, allowing them to play. So a lot of that is learning in, in a very authentic way. That's how I was taught to teach. So when it comes to, to these activities, doing things that are in the moment, it takes prep for you in terms of being mindful of, did I do any hearing activity? All right. We did hearing. We did beginning sounds yesterday. Do we want to do ending sounds today? So I look for opportunities to do ending sounds with them. All right. I think they might be ready for, you know, middle sounds. And um, it, when it comes to these skills, when you beginning sound, ending sound, middle sounds, adding, subtracting, and then substituting, substituting is the hardest. Mm-hmm. But think of uh, the name game. Hannah, okay. Hannah, Bobana, Banana, oh, Banana, Banana, yeah. Me. That is substituting. Okay. That, that skill, right? That, so if you're singing that kind of a song with them or doing activities like that, that's substituting. They're learning to drop a beginning sound and add another sound and seeing that okay. it makes a different word. So what because, I do with Georgia for spelling, mm-hmm. um, she's still working on reading and getting caught up. We talked a little bit about that before we started recording, but getting caught up from everything that she missed from her diagnosis in the beginning of school. And so she's getting caught up. So she's working on reading, but we're also working on writing and spelling because she is in fourth grade. And uh, so a lot of times just to make it fun with writing and spelling, I'll say, okay, write the word banana. Okay. There's banana. Now come up with rhymes that are silly, like not actual words. Would that Mm -hmm. be considered substitution? It depending okay. upon um, what what sound she's substituting. Yeah, rhymes okay. are substitutions. Hmm. Yep, yep. So it's a it's and in fact when we would do um, assessments with my students, there is one called Dibbles Dynamic Indicators of Basic Early Literacy, and that was one of the things we would do with them is seeing can they substitute <laughs> the different sounds because it lets you know can they hear it? Can they hear it and hear that when I change the sound, it makes a different word. Okay, if you can do that, then I can, then you're ready for me to start adding letters to, so you can see how it looks on paper. You're connecting what you're speak, what you're saying to what you're seeing on paper now. Awesome. Yeah. So what's smush? Smush. Smush is where most people jump to. This is the phonics. Okay. This is the, the A says ah, but we don't do that. We look at the A and say this is ah. And smush means you learn that to isolate the, the letter sound, match that letter to that sound, and then smush those letters together to read. Okay. Word. Yeah. That's why, cause that's what we tell them. Smush them together. So you have b, at. Now smush it together. Bat. You know, so that I like, saw. Oh, we, we understand smush. Yeah. At the end, I'm going to ha- have you direct people to your website, but. I looked on your website and I saw, I think it was on your website. I saw a YouTube video that you'd recorded and it mm-hmm. was, I think it was the word cat and you had the cotton balls and yeah. you, you do the letter C and then you smush together the cotton ball together with the letter A and then you smush those two together with mm-hmm. the cotton ball under letter T and it does the word cat. Yep. Yeah. And there's so many different ways you can do that because I we do things like that so that children, um, cause young kids are very, uh, concrete. So they need movement to make things make sense for them a lot of the time. So if you can add movement 
to their reading, it usually helps. So we have different strategies that we'll use. Some teachers will use a, um, a slinky. They'll, as they say the sounds, they'll pull the slinky apart. And then when it's time to say the word together, they'll smush it together so they can see visually (laughs) that it comes back together. Some teachers will use, um, uh, movement of their arms. So they'll, kids will touch like their shoulder, elbow, hand for the different sounds and then run their hand down to say it, smush it together. Some will use the fingers. So there's different ways to make. Um, the reading makes sense to the child because it's a very abstract thing. They're moving from very concrete to very abstract and anything we can do to bridge that gap between the two is helpful. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. What was the third thing? Comprehend. We have hear, smush, and comprehend. It's so important because there were so many times I'd and come across uh, parents who told me their child can read. And I would kind of look at them and think, okay, I believe you. Let, let's just see what they do. And they knew all the letter sounds. They could, if you gave them anything, oh my goodness, they would just, I, I struggled to say read. I would say decode because as soon as you asked them what that was, I don't know. And I thought, oh, okay, we don't comprehend. We don't understand. So when it comes to comprehending, and the other thing with them is they would know they had the the tools to be able to sound words out, but they struggled with like common words like the or to, or um, there's common words that need to be memorized because they don't know the rules to read those words yet. So when I would do um, trainings and things, I would say, okay, like a word like C, S-E-E, a child who doesn't understand how to smush, who doesn't, uh, who, who understands how to smush, but doesn't know the sight word would look at it and say, because they're using those skills, but it's not right. So we have to tell them they're just a few words that we have to memorize. This one says C because they don't know the rule that when two vowels go walking, the first one does the talking. They don't know that one yet. <laughs> so we make sure they they know those common words so that they can read and it makes sense to them so they can comprehend. So the one thing I always say is there are a few words that children need to memorize so that they can actually read the words. And then as children read, pausing and asking the um the five W's and the H, who, what, when, where, why, and how, as they're reading, asking those questions and, and not expecting them to know it off the top of their head, but to be able to go back into what they read and find the answer. Okay. okay so if they read something like the dog was black, what color was the dog? They should be able to go back in and say, Oh, it was black. I see it right here. So. Making sure that comprehension piece is in there is so important because so many times they they can trick us. There's <laughs> there's some really gifted children and they trick you and you think, oh, they got it. No, they don't. <laughs> they maybe have a piece of it, but not all of it. Exactly. And so I tell people if a child can hear, if they can smush and comprehend and do those three things, they can read. Because once they can do those three things, if they can hear, they'll be able to get match those sounds to those letters and then smush them together to read the words. And if they can answer questions about 
the things they've just read because they can uh, blend to read those words and they know those sight words. They can comprehend. Now we're cooking. Now we're reading. So, and it, it doesn't take very much to be able to do this. So one thing I um, tell parents all the time is if you want your child, if they're working on like letter sounds, set up a sensory, by, a sensory bin. Those are my, were my go-to and I love them because you can set them up. It doesn't take much time at all and it stays there and your child will play with it. And they're, for example, one thing I did with my niece was I had just a little gray box. I have children in their boxes. I love it. Hello, gray box. I found these little, um, the colored, clear colored stones that just feel really nice mm-hmm. in your hand. I put them in. And then I hid just um, some pictures of, I think she was working on ah and ah and pictures of things that started with those two. And she just was playing in there and she thought, oh, it's an apple. That's right. That's an apple. I don't, I can be there with her or I can stand back and let her do it by herself because they do need their independent time. Mm -hmm. And then she has to match it to the A or the T. Which one is it? And it took me two minutes to set it up and she's going to play with it for days and days. And I can just swap out <laughs> the skills that are in there. It or, covers two things. It keeps the child occupied and it's teaching them. Yes. Uh, listen, I, one of my besties, she's a teacher as well. And she, she said, I'm a lazy teacher. So what do you mean she's a lazy teacher? She said, anything I can do that allows that child to do it themselves, I will let them do. Because it will teach them so, not just the skill I want them to learn, they will learn other things. They learn self-control. They learn, you know, self-regulation. They learn to be proud of themselves. They learn to stay focused on something till it's complete. And I don't have to interfere. I can let them be. And I'm like, oh, but she's, she's been teaching way longer than me. <laughs> she's a veteran, veteran. I was like, oh, you are so right. She's a brilliant teacher, but it's right. You can set that up. You can switch out whatever filler you want. Um, you can do it by different themes um, and just leave it in there. Another thing I used to do with my uh, niece when, she, when we first started, her games, we would take the, the um, sight word cards and I'd put them behind my back and say, it's a tricky one. It's a tricky one I have for you. And she, oh, what is it? And I pull them up. Where's the? And she'd have to find it. I mean, how simple is that? It's, but it's because you, you have to get into it and use your eyes and be excited and you can teach it to them. And then I would hide it around the, the house and let her find it. Oh, or, yeah. And then I remembered one thing I used to love to do when I was younger was I loved cereal boxes. I would read the cereal boxes. <laughs> I remember I that. doing that. <laughs> so that's another thing. I would just pull out, all right. And if it's a, she loves oatmeal. So we'll get the oatmeal and she'll look at the letters and we'll talk about it. These are things she's learning her skills. She's learning to read and it's not taking long to prep. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's formal lessons. Yes. But the thing is, if parents, if moms can remember to do little things throughout the day, <laughs> instead of I have to sit down for a whole hour and everyone's miserable and I'm stressed. Just little things throughout the day. Have I done a hear, hearing activity today? 
Have I done a smushing activity if that's what we're working on? Have I done any comprehension activities today? That's it. Just do that regularly and you will see such progress so quickly. It's it's shocking. It's amazing. I wish I knew this when Georgia was younger, but at least now I have something to go off of with James and then Caleb when he's to that point. Sounds like it makes it so much more simple and takes yeah. a lot of pressure off of you as a parent too. It does. It does. And that's, that's, parents have enough going on. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much going on worrying about everything else. If, if I can boil this very important skill down to something that's very doable and not so scary. That's what I want to do. Because it's also entertaining for the kids too, which like we spend our entire day trying to figure out how to entertain our kids. So Mm -hmm. might as well combine them. Exactly. And that that's the thing. Just the more fun it is, the easier it is for you. (laughs) Exactly. So that kind of answered that last question. How do you merge fun and reading so that children love and look forward to learning and reading? You kind of talked a lot about that already throughout everything, but do you have anything additional Mm -hmm. to go off of there? So one thing I always tell parents is start with your child. What do they enjoy doing? They are, I know the world doesn't revolve around us, but it does in this case. The world revolves around that child. What do they enjoy doing? And then you just layer learning on top of it. I remember I had a student who just was obsessed with cars. That smush, that that cotton ball thing, we move the cotton balls and use the car. Okay. <laughs> the car did the driving. And even having activities like uh, if he's trying to read sight words, I'd put the sight words on top of the cars and have a little parking lot. <laughs> with the cars and you have to match. (laughs) I mean, what do they enjoy? And then just layer learning on top of it. So they James is obsessed with tractors. So I would do that with tractors. Seriously. Tractor? I love it. Do that. Uh, Honestly, you can even the sensory bin, you can even set up um a sensory bin for for him with the little stones and things and have them move the stone to, can you move it to the, the, can you move it to the, can you move it to the, honestly, that's fun. (laughs) Take it outside. I mean, anything you can do to layer learning on top of whatever they enjoy will make your life easier. So I always say, sit down and think of five to 10 things your child enjoys doing. And you can rotate those out and just put the skills on top. Yeah, I like to make life easy. (laughs) We like that too. So thank you for making it easier for us. (laughs) You are so welcome. Anything else, like major tips? If if the mom listening could take one main piece away from today, what what would that be? Like if they haven't done anything, haven't started anything, what should they where should they start? What should be that one piece that they take away today? The one thing I want them to take away from today is when they think about reading and their child, think about those three things. Can my child hear? Are they doing those beginning sound activities, ending sound activities? Can they smush? Can they comprehend? If you think about teaching reading in that framework, it will just make everything easier for your child and it'll make it easier for you because you will be so clear on exactly what is it I'm focusing on in this moment. <laughs> Forget all the other stuff. Mm-hmm. In this moment, we're hearing. Okay, do a little two-minute hearing activity. 
So just think about reading in terms of those three things. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. I You're really welcome. appreciate all this knowledge. It's going to be a huge help to me and I'm sure a huge help to the moms listening. So if yeah. they want more information, I know you have lots of resources available too. Where can they find you? They can find me at teachmykinder.com. And for your listeners, they can go to teachmykinder.com slash restored mama. And I'll have all that stuff there for them. So teachmykinder.com slash restored mama, and they'll be able to access everything. I love it. And I'll put the link in the show notes too. So all they have to do is go in and click it and make it easy. Yep. Thank you. Thank you you so much. Thanks for everything. I really appreciate it. And maybe we'll, we'll have you back on to go over some, some more tips and tricks another time. Thank you so much. It's been great. (laughs) Oh my goodness. That was so amazing. I'm so thankful that she was able to come on and talk to us all about that. I learned so much from her. I hope you did too. And we'll see you Wednesday for another back to school episode. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. If you liked the episode, please take a moment to leave a review. This helps to get Restored Mama out there into the world to help more mamas like you find the joy and freedom in the restoration God has waiting for them. If you liked Mama's show, leave a review. It will help her get seen. I would love to hear your story, where you're at, and what you're hoping to learn and gain from Restored Mama. Send me an email at restoredmamapodcast at gmail.com to fill me in on your journey. I can't wait to hang out with you again next time. Until then, I hope this has blessed you today, and I can't wait to see what God is going to do in your life.